Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Welcome back to the Leanne Ward Nutrition Podcast. I'm so happy you're here with me today, and I hope that our guest expert today leaves you feeling empowered to nourish and fuel your body and your life. But firstly, I need to start off by thanking our generous sponsor, Protein Supplies Australia. They're an all-natural nutrition company without the crap. At Protein Supplies Australia, they create health-conscious alternatives for those who care about how they fuel their body. All their products are natural, and you'll never find unnecessary additives, artificials, cheap fillers, or hidden ingredients in them. They are all manufactured here in Brisbane, so they're a local company, and if you'd like to support them, please use the podcast discount code, which is LWPODCAST15. So LWPODCAST15 for 15% off the entire Protein Supplies Australia range. On today's podcast, we have Nicole Singer, a registered dietitian holding a bachelor's and master's degree in human nutrition. She provides personalized and evidence-based nutrition solutions for her clients and audience. She's located in Canada and has numerous appearances on regional and national television and is formally written for the Toronto Star. To her audience, Nicole is known as a plant-based meal prep expert. She believes in the power of plant-based foods to improve our health and well-being. She's just published her own ebook, The Plant-Based Meal Prep Master Plan, which is available on her website. In today's podcast, we chat about a plant-based lifestyle and its benefits, how Nicole first got into meal prepping, the priorities that she places on meal prep for herself and her clients, where to start if you're new to meal prepping, what not to do if you want to start meal prepping, and how much time and money meal prepping can save, plus how often you should meal prep. Nicole also shares with us her favorite meal prep recipes, her hacks to make food last longer, how long you can keep meal prep in your fridge for, different plant-based alternatives to use in meal prep, and finally, her top tips for turning meat-based recipes into plant-based ones. I really hope that you guys enjoy today's podcast. And again, thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Protein Supplies Australia. Welcome, Nicole, to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today to chat all things meal prepping. Thanks for having me, Leanne. It's so good to be here. Now, I'd love for you to start by telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself and what you do on a day-to-day basis as a dietitian based in Canada, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm in Canada. I'm sort of from the Toronto area. I just say Toronto because, you know, some people recognize that name. But um, yeah, so I have a private practice. I primarily do one-to-one counseling. I'm also you know, doing media work as well. So I do have regular TV appearances, along with, you know, sort of the social media work as well. Um, So really a bit of everything. Um, Regarding my practice, a focus, you know, is is around sort of the concepts of, uh, well, weight loss or body composition changes, along with, um, you know, managing chronic diseases, I often sort of try to, you know, center the teachings around meal planning and meal prep. Um, and I guess as well, I, I work at an acute care hospital um, part time. So I'm I'm spread in a couple of different areas, but it keeps it exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I feel about my business as well. I work within so many different things that I can never explain what I do in just like one sentence. But it's also like every day is different and every day is exciting as well. And I can picture myself doing this for the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years as well, which is also exciting. <laughs> 
Yeah, it kind of, you know, it causes you or kind of um, encourages you to grow in different ways, right? And, you know, I, I still feel like I'm always learning in, in different areas of my work. So it's definitely rewarding that way. Definitely. Now, I'd love to know where I guess your interests stem from in terms of plant-based nutrition and your vegan lifestyle. Have you always been vegan from a young age or was it something that you sort of grew into and, and discovered? Yeah, so um, it started sort of, um, I haven't been um, plant-based, um, you know, it started probably about 10 years ago when um, that was sort of, I was just finishing my uh, my undergrad degree and, um, you know, I really got into cooking, healthy eating, of course, you know, going through, um, you know, tr- nutrition as your undergrad, but uh, yeah, so I just uh, found myself choosing more plant-based foods, not really loving you know, meats really throughout my whole life, I did eat them. But uh, yeah, I guess that's just where that, you know, creative freedom started to come into my life with the the cooking um, for myself, and then slowly got into meal prepping. But, um, and even right now, you know, um, I would say I'm about, um, I'm plant based, but to me, um, plant based sort of means eating mostly plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I do eat a lot of vegan entrees, I still have um, Greek yogurt in my diet, um, with the odd cheese as well. But um, yeah, so that's sort of how I describe myself but uh yeah it's it's a, it's a good place to be right now and um I'm pretty comfortable Wonderful. Now, everybody who listens to the show already would know that I'm a massive fan of meal prepping and I always showcase that on my own um, Instagram as well. I meal prep every week without fail. For me, it's one of those sort of non-negotiable areas because I find it so helpful. Um, But I'm curious uh, in terms of yourself, where did you, I guess, where did your interest in meal prepping stem from? Is Again, is it something that you've done since your early like college days or is it something that you only started in the last couple of years as well? Yeah. So it sort of um, came out of necessity, just sort of how I mentioned, you know, what my professional life looks like. Um, so some days I'm at the hospital, um, you know, working an eight hour day, and then I would be counseling, counseling clients in the evening. So um, meal prepping sort of came out of uh, necessity, I guess, in terms of, you know, I might not be home until 8pm or 9pm at nighttime. So, you know, I had to plan my meals ahead of time, and I had to sort, sort of just make them ahead of time. And I think um, it just was sort of one of those things, like with a busy lifestyle, you know, to know that my meals are taken care of, you know, um, my meals are planned and just simply made for the week. It just um, sort of uh, created sort of less choices for me as as the weeks went on. And, uh, you know, so I just sort of fell into it. And um, yeah, each, as you can see, you know, from my Instagram page, each Sunday, I'm definitely doing a great meal prep thread um, for both me and my fiance. So it works for both of our lives. Yeah, awesome. And so I guess you're sort of in the same boat as me where you would say that meal prep is one of those non-negotiables in your life. In terms of what you recommend for your clients, are you someone that's really pro meal prep and you recommend it for the majority of people? Or is it sort of a a very, um, I guess, individualized recommendation? Or are you very much um, a fan of meal prepping for everybody? Because I must say that I am for most people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think too, there's like, there's different degrees of, of meal prepping. So um, I would say, yes, I'm a fan of meal prepping for most people. But I, I think, you know, everyone sort of prefers a different degree of meal prep and sort of, I guess, mm. a different style of meal prep. Like I mentioned, for me, making full meals ahead of time was you know, that's what works for me, that's helpful, etc. Um, but for I, I counsel a few clients today, um, for some of those clients, you know, they would prefer more so like a buffet style meal prep or sort of like a halfway meal prep is or partial meal prep is what I call it, you know, just sort of having some protein available, having some veggies available in your fridge and, and throwing everything together um, when they're ready to make a meal or 
you know, um, cause again, meal prep can seem daunting, you know, when you look at someone's mm-hmm. meal prep spread and you think, oh my goodness, like there's no way I could never do that. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, for some people just starting with having breakfast already prepared and, you know, that just makes the day go by so much easier. So, um, yes, meal prepping, I think is, is for pretty much everyone, but different degrees of meal prep, I think. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree more. And I love for a lot of people just when they're starting out, just choosing like one thing, like as you said, just breakfast and prep that for just two or three days. Because I myself have done the full, like I prepped every breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks for like a two, three, probably like a three, four day period. And I've spent, you know, like six hours in the kitchen on a Sunday. And even for myself, like that becomes quite overwhelming. And so now I'm at the point where I'll just do a lunch. And then on a Monday, I'll just do like my dinners for a couple of days. And I've really broken that down throughout the week. Whereas I used to dedicate just my Sunday that I'd feel like I'd lose half my weekend and then sort of like kind of regret that. So I guess it is really, um, for the person in terms of like the different style that they would like to do as well. But I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit, you mentioned buffet meal prepping. Um, and just sort of um, telling our listeners a little bit how that might differ to, I guess, full meal prep. Because I guess what we see on Instagram a lot of the time is creating full meals. But the buffet meal prep is a great idea. And even just doing the small components, as you mentioned, like just prepping protein or something for a couple of days um, could be really helpful for, I'm thinking like busy mums who might cook, you know, two or three different meals if they've got different aged children and, you know, fussy husbands and that sort of thing. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And I think for people who just desire flexibility, desire, you know, sort of the, again, that creative freedom, um, you know, so yeah, so the buffet meal prep, I, I have to say, I don't do um, the buffet style sort of too, too often. Um, that's just not what I prefer. But um, like, you know, for example, you know, I was talking to someone today, um, you know, we talked about, okay, maybe having two proteins available in your fridge from Monday to Wednesday, so you can kind of mix and match them. So maybe even like a plant based protein and an animal protein. Um have a few veggies and have like one or two starch choices and mix them together. So we talked about, okay, we're going to have some black beans available, maybe some chicken and then um, like some peppers, some spinach, et cetera, maybe some quinoa. So, so one day we could do a nice burrito bowl. Um, and then maybe, you know, the next lunch we could do a stir fry um, as well with the chicken, et cetera. So, you know, there's so many different ways to, um, to, to meal prep, but I, I think a buffet meal prep, you know, that's, that's even sort of like a good, like beginner's meal prep, um, sort of method. Um, you know, because it, it does take relatively little time, maybe a half an hour to kind of prepare everything. And it gives you that flexibility. Um, if you're not wanting to sort of spend a number of hours on Sunday in the kitchen, creating a bunch of different meals. Mm. And I guess even the buffet meal prep reminds me a lot of um, some of the meal delivery services we have here in Australia aren't complete meals because people do still love kitchen and they really enjoy being in the kitchen. But I guess that we're all so busy with with our time poor lives these days that a lot of these meal delivery services will deliver all the food, all the ingredients with recipe cards and everything sort of like partially cut up. So you just like even like you might get chicken and it's cut up and it's already marinated. So you just throw it in the pan and you'll get like bags of carrots and like sugar snap peas and they're already cut up and you throw them in the pan. So instead of your meal taking like, I don't know, 40 minutes to make, it takes like five or 10 minutes. So that's sort of where I see like that buffet meal prep is where a lot of those meal delivery services are already doing that purely for that convenience for you know, people who might be busy shift workers or they might get home really late at like, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock and then you don't want to spend an hour cooking your dinner if it's already quite late. So I love the idea of like a, a buffet style prep as well versus, you know, prepping all of your meals from scratch. Good flexibility. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Now, for somebody who's never meal prepped before, I imagine they're probably listening to our conversation and feeling very overwhelmed right now. So if you're somebody listening and you've never meal prepped before, I'd love, Nicole, if you could give us some, um, some 
I guess, tips for our beginners out there. What would be your top two to three places to start with meal prep or your top two to three tips to just take a little bit of that, um, I guess, overwhelm out of the idea of meal prep as well? Yeah. So sort of um, what I alluded to before around sort of like looking at the area that needs sort of the most improvement or, you know, that we have the most challenges with. And what I mean by that, like, let's say if we're constantly skipping breakfast and it's not something that, you know, you prefer to do, you would like you would like to have breakfast, but maybe your morning just gets away from you. You know, you have to rush out the door, drive to work. I mean, maybe not so much now when we're working from home, but you know, let's just say your mornings are hectic, right? Um, but you know, you typically get to like a lunch and dinner meal. So um, maybe it's, it's best to start with that, you know, prepping the breakfast ahead of time and having that as something that's sort of readily available or even with the partial meal prep or the buffet meal prep, you know, sort of having your components ready for that. So um, I guess, yeah, sort of uh, pick the the area sort of with the biggest um, room for improvement first, um, target that and go from there. Um, other tips for getting started with meal prep, having the right tools, having, you know, these container, like, you know, Pyrex kind of glass containers are always a staple for me. So having those available, that's really important as well, along with a number of mason jars. Um, I'm someone I always like to make smoothies ahead of time and overnight oats are a staple for me as well. So Having those items available are really important. Um, yeah, so start slow, have the right tools available. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe my third tip can be speak to a registered dietitian um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to help uh, help you meal plan and sort of um, help customize the plan for you. Because mm, that, even that itself can be quite overwhelming. Like you sit down with your shopping list and you're like, oh my goodness, I have to plan four meals ahead of time. And then you look at all the things that you need to buy. And a lot of people will run to the supermarket, you know, three, four times during the week to keep popping in and out to grab things for dinner each day. Versus if you're doing your prep and you're shopping all at once. I remember when I started meal prepping, I went from running into the supermarket every sort of two or three days to grab different things to buying it all at once. And my grocery bill nearly doubled and I nearly died. And I thought, oh my God, meal prep is so expensive. Just forgetting that it was the same amount that I normally spend. I just wasn't used to doing it all in one go. So it took me longer to shop. It took me longer to meal plan, but I actually did a a little experiment on myself where I broke it down. One week I did it, one week I didn't. And I actually ended up saving a bit of money because I wasn't wasting as much food running back and forth between the shops. I was saving time because I wasn't running to the supermarket three or four times a week. And it was also saving me time. Although I spent a few hours on a weekend meal prepping, it had saved me a lot of time during the week. So sort of weighing up the pros and cons, I guess, of of each sort of style for yourself as well would be a good idea as well if you're a bit of a beginner. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Leanne. And I've had that comment before around, um, wow, this is so expensive. And, you know, I think your point there as well, you know, maybe, you know, um, we're spending it all at one time versus we're not noticing, you know, the the money that we spend on takeout, the money that we spend on convenience foods, right? And I think too, you know, when we start with meal prepping, we're we're usually starting with um, stocking up our pantry, right? So maybe we're spending some money on getting different spices or, you know, different pantry staples Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're sort of, you're getting some basics that you don't necessarily have to replenish every time, you know, you are grocery shopping. So I think that's where, you know, a lot of that, that spending can come from as well. Couldn't agree more. And I always say to my clients, well, I'm a big fan of I'll meal prep for three weeks and then I won't do anything on the fourth week because I'll meal prep and I might make six meals and I'll eat three of them and throw three into the freezer. So that third or fourth week that I don't prep at all, I'm really spending the bare minimum at the supermarkets. I'm getting a couple of bits of fresh fruit, maybe a bit of yogurt. um, And that's sort of like it at the supermarket. So my grocery bill that week is very low. So trying to average, I guess, your budget and your grocery bill over the month versus just like a couple of days to see if it really is costing you a little bit more 
before as well. Because as you said, a lot of the times we forget to add in, you know, takeaways. But if we've meal prepped every meal and we look at our grocery bill from the month before compared to this month, where the month before we got takeaway twice a week versus none this month because we've prepped everything, I guess we have to add all of those things in to really have a fair comparison as well, which I guess a lot of people, not intentionally, but do sort of, um, I guess, forget to take into account as well. And as you mentioned, good things like spices and often I'll buy, you know, big things of rice, um, you know, brown rice if it's on sale, I buy a big, you know, three, five kilo bag or something. And that'll sit in my pantry for, I don't know, three, six months. And again, we don't forget that because again, we don't have to buy it every single week as well. So some really great tips there as well. Yeah, no, very true. Now, any, would you say, I guess, like definite, like no-nos or don't do's when it comes to meal prepping, anything that you find is sort of like a, oh, I definitely wouldn't recommend that from your experience. Yeah. I think just uh, going back to the notion of not, uh, you know, not trying to shoot too high or sort of, you know, go all out at once. If you are a beginner, again, you know, I, I have my meals already prepped and it takes me about two hours in the fridge or sorry, in the kitchen. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to do that. And starting slow is, is so important um because you don't want to end up resenting meal prep you know I, I remember mm-hmm. vividly I had a client I developed a meal plan for her this was a few years ago now and she said like next time I seen her in my practice she said oh my gosh Nicole like this uh you know this took me half of my day on Sunday and I think it was the summer at the time and you can tell that she was resenting it and you know because I think we just we both made the mistake of you know, trying to shoot too high and um, not starting sort of with the biggest challenge or the biggest, you know, fish to fry first, um, which could have been, you know, for her just maybe prepping a dinner or maybe starting with a buffet meal prep. So um, yeah, don't go too strong, too hard, too fast. Um, you know, starting slow is so important. Yeah, So maybe just starting with one meal and seeing how you go for like a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, totally. That's a great place to start. Wonderful. And for actually for our beginners listening at home, I just thought of something while you were chatting when you mentioned like starting with the right tools. And the one big mistake I used to make was I, I used to prep for only sort of three to four days. And then when my partner and I started living together, um, I didn't upgrade like my saucepans and that sort of thing. So I'd go to prep like six or eight serves and I was like, oh my God, all my veggies don't fit in my pan. So I had to buy like a lot bigger pots, a lot bigger pans. So even thinking about the number of meals that you're going to prep versus the, the, I guess, crockery that you have available as well is really important. And even now, like I'll go to make a lasagna and I'll try and stuff so many veggies in there that it becomes like two lasagnas. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point as well. Yeah. Having the right size and having, yeah, the right tools available. is So important. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our healthy break, where I take 30 seconds out of the podcast to tell you about our fabulous sponsor, Protein Supplies Australia, as without them, you wouldn't get to listen to this podcast for free. Our generous sponsor, Protein Supplies Australia, are all about natural nutrition without the crap. They create health-conscious alternatives for those who care about how they fuel their bodies. Their products are completely natural, and you'll never find unnecessary additives, artificials, cheap fillers, or hidden ingredients in them. They are all manufactured here in Brisbane, so they're a local company who I absolutely love for little assistance with my training and nutrition when needed. I personally use their plant-based and WPI protein powders, their BCAAs, and also their creatine when I'm trying to get some gains in the gym and grow some lean muscle mass. If you'd like to support Protein Supplies Australia, please use the podcast discount code LWPODCAST15 for 15% off the entire range, and we'll link the website and the discount code in the show notes as well. Thank you for tuning into this healthy break. Now let's get straight back to our podcast. 
Now, um, I guess we've talked about meal prepping, saving us both time. And I think we're in agreement that, well, for you, you don't sort of have that extra time. And I'm very much the same throughout the day as well. I always seem to, um, I guess, find time for dinner, even if it's a little bit later, but I'm a big fan of always having my breakfast and lunch planned as well. Now, for those that, I guess, don't have that time or can't find that time to meal prep, what would your, I guess, response be for them? If I'm sure you get a lot of your clients who say, you know, I just don't have time to meal prep. And it's sort of like that catch where it's like, well, if you did it, it would save you time and you'd find the time, but they're kind of like, but I don't have the time anyway. So do you have anything out that would help our listeners at home who are completely strapped at the moment and couldn't even get that, you know, spare half an hour, an hour in to do some meal prep, even if they might find it beneficial? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a funny one, right? Um, And, you know, I think, I think there can always be time for something, but um, I think having a conversation similar to what we were having is, is an important one to sort of um, to, to cross, you know, well, you, you have to eat anyways, like, what are, what are you eating? You know, are you like, how much time does it take to, you know, go grab a pizza or, you know, whatever it is that you're grabbing, you know, certainly we're not going the whole day without eating or at least I hope not. Right. So, um, but again, starting slow is a great idea. And I, and I was going to say, I like your idea of, um, meal prepping for three weeks and then freezing, you know, you freeze a few meals each week. So then the fourth week, you're really just having some freezer meals um, and kind of starting with the bare minimum. I think that's a really good strategy or making use of slow cooker meals. I mean, they're super easy to kind of throw together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, that's a good tool to rely on. Or, you know, I've for a few people before, I've made a list of like 10 to 15 minute meals that you can throw together with a few convenience foods that um, really still are quite healthy, like pre-chopped salads or canned tuna or canned beans, right? You know, just if we have a list of, you know, we know it's only going to take 10 to 15 minutes, we normally have these inputs, um, then it just, it really does make, make it feel less daunting. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And one of my favorite ones is like, as you mentioned, like a burrito belt, like a plant-based one. Like I'm a little bit lazy sometimes when it comes to my meal prep. And if I know I don't have enough time, I'll buy the pre-cooked rice, I'll buy the canned beans. And it's just as healthy to buy them that way. Like a lot of people will say, oh, you know, I want to buy fresh veggies, but because frozen aren't as healthy or canned veggies aren't as healthy. But I'm a big fan. I use frozen and canned things all the time, particularly when I'm time poor. Or if for some reason, some of the fresh veggies, some of the prices, particularly in Australia, with we've had droughts and bushfires and that sort of thing. Some of the prices of fresh fruit and vegetables can be, you know, absolutely incredible. So sometimes I'll use frozen or canned just to to save a bit of money and budget that way as well. But I agree, like throwing things into a burrito bowl with a bit of pre-cooked rice, some black beans, some canned corn, and then just throwing in some chopped up lettuce and a bit of sauce. Again, that can take maybe five minutes in the kitchen and you could get, you know, three, four meals out of that. So that's that's an awesome tip. Um, particularly for our beginners at home. I think everybody loves Mexican. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I do hear that notion too, that, you know, I can't eat canned, I can't eat frozen, or I even, you know, I have to eat organic and, you know, it just, it makes healthy eating just seem so much more unattainable than it should be. Um, you know, because for sure there's, there's so much extra time that, you know, goes into like, I'm, I'm always buying the pre-chopped veggies, but you know, chopping veggies, I, I normally tell people it's, that's the worst part of being in the kitchen, you know, sitting there and chopping veggies, but yeah, you know, using some, you know, strategic ways to save some time um, in the kitchen is definitely worth it in the long run. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, and so I guess for our listeners at home, how often would you personally meal prep a week? Because I tend to do sort of just one session on a Sunday and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I use a lot of those like pre-cooked more convenience options. So I'll prep, sort of have full meals Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then my Thursday, Friday, I normally do like salmon and salad or I'll do like a burrito bowl or something like that, or I'll pull a frozen meal out of the freezer. So in your, I guess for you who 
you do um, full meals most of the time, would you just prep once a week or do you do a couple of times each week? So I do, um, I do a big prep on Sunday and then I'll do a mini prep either um, Wednesday or Thursday night. So my big prep on Sunday, um, so I typically do breakfast for most of the week and then I'll do about three entrees that I sort of mix and match throughout the week. And then um, since, you know, I don't normally keep food for longer than four days and, you know, my, uh, my food is plant-based, so it is going to be keeping, I think, a little bit longer than an animal-based um, meal, but um yeah, I would do like Wednesday or Thursday, I create one or two more entrees just to kind of get me through the rest of the week and into the weekend. And then just with the weekend being home more often, it's a bit easier to kind of throw together some meals. But uh, yeah, that's typically what I do. Um, you know, I, I before I used to make the mistake of trying to keep food for longer than you know, it should be kept. And it's just the product is just not there. But uh, yeah, so typically one big prep and one mini meal prep. Awesome. Now I'm curious as to what um, you define as an entree, because I think for all us Aussies listening at home, myself included, when I think of an entree, I think of like a spring roll or a dim sum and that probably sounds terrible, but I think that's just my Aussie brain going, what is an entree? So is that something that you call like, is it like a snack or is it, um, is it like part of your, your main meal or is it simply like a little snack you would have before dinner? Oh, that's funny. You know, it's funny, like certain words, like I guess aren't like universal, (laughs) right? But um, yeah, entree, I just prefer as like a main dish, like a main. um, Oh, it's a main. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use the word appetizer for like, you know, a pre- pre-meal something or like a snack but entree I, I use okay, as yep. a main dish yeah isn't that funny because for us an entree is like a it's your appetizer it's like a little mini thing so I might consider like a rice paper roll or two like I went out with a couple of girlfriends last night and we had um we had um Asian and we had some rice paper rolls as our entree and then we had um I had like a tofu salad bowl as my my main and then my friend had a stir fry and so what we consider an entree is sort of the opposite I guess of what you guys consider so glad I clarified that. Yeah, no, thanks for clarifying. And I learned something today. That's awesome. Yeah, it's quite funny how, and even just the different terms like we have for vegetables and what the US call vegetables as well. Whenever I'm writing um, meal plans and shopping lists and that sort of thing for my US clients, I'm constantly going down and just changing all the names of the vegetables, even though they're like completely the same thing. We just call them completely different things. It's quite amusing. Yeah, that's funny. That would be something for your international clients, you know, to change the language slightly. That's funny. Yeah. And I get a couple of um, reviews in my podcast that's always say, you know, lovely hands podcast and I always learn so many facts about our our friends in Australia and and the different ways and the different things that they do as well it's quite amusing (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) now Nicole one of my um, favorite questions that I really was keen to ask you was in terms of your favorite options for meal prepping when it comes to what's your favorite brekkie what's your favorite lunch and what is your favorite dinner to prep ahead of time I'm such a big foodie that I love hearing what other people love to cook and love to create yeah, it's a good question. And I try to challenge myself each week to um, create something new that's something, you know, I haven't ever cooked before. You know, I, I always do have my uh, my favorites that I go back to, but I would say for breakfast, mm-hmm. the biggest thing or sorry, the um, my most favorite thing that I do make is overnight oats and overnight oats. They're just so simple and um, you just never get tired of them. You know, there's so many different combinations you can make. But um, yeah, so breakfast, definitely overnight oats. Um and then since I, I typically eat like similar things for lunch or dinner, um, I kind of interchange those meals. Um, I would say probably my favorite meals are some kind of bowl, like the, like a tofu bowl with a quinoa dish, or sorry, a quinoa base, and maybe some roasted veg. You know, that always works. Again, like 
I think sort of the idea is like something like that, you can always switch up and you're never going to get tired of it. Um, I'm a big fan of pasta dishes, you know, um, I, I love using like a chickpea pasta or a legume pasta just to get that protein in there. Um, mm -hmm. Those are probably my top ones, but I'm definitely always challenging myself to make new items. Veggie burgers are a big one for me and I love veggie burgers because you know, you can freeze them and um, they can be sort of something you pull it for the weekend or um, protein pancakes are actually another favorite of mine as well. Now that I'm starting to think, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I could go awesome. on and on, but yeah, those are my favorites. Well, you're making me hungry, so I'll get you to stop now. Yeah. But for our listeners at home, I'm curious, how do you make your protein pancakes or what would you put in them if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, sure. So um, I typically do oats, um, but I actually have been making some protein pancakes with the chickpea flour recently. Um, you know, if I, if, oh, nice. yeah, if I'm making it with oats, I would typically add some kind of protein powder. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, what else do I put in there? I always do like cinnamon, maple syrup. Um, I, I normally have a banana mash in there just to kind of keep things together along with um, mm -hmm. either a flax egg or a chia seed egg. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll throw those in there. But um, yeah, the chickpea flour ones are interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm just starting to sort of cook with them. But um yeah, so that it, it does have a little bit more of a savory taste, which makes sense. But um, it's almost it's a nice combination of a sweet and savory breakfast option. Yeah, nice. And if you were using the oats in um, in your pancakes, do you blend them down into like oat flour or you just use the, the traditional rolled oats? Yeah, so I'll typically, I have blended them down to oat flour, but I'll just put the, usually the whole mixture into the blender. And then that's how I'm actually pouring them on the frying pan to make the pancake. Oh, so you're blending everything together. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I can imagine you do the pancakes and then you'd prep them. So you'd get quite a few days out. I've actually seen pictures of in your meal prep on Instagram before, and that would be breakfast. And then what would you typically serve with like protein pancakes? Would you put that with like yogurt and, and fresh fruit? Uh, yeah, actually, I like to put nut butter on top of my protein pancakes, um, nut butter, a little bit of maple syrup, which Canadians just can't get enough of. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe some fresh fruit. Um, actually, you know what, I can't say I use a ton of fresh fruit. I have a ton of frozen fruit that I'm always, you know, dipping mm -hmm. into. And I find um, just sort of leaving that on top of even the protein pancakes for a little bit, it just sort of melts into them. And yeah, it's so lovely that way. Yum. Sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> now I get asked this question all the time and I'm sure you do as well. How long can you leave your meal prep in the fridge for? And I imagine that plant-based meals can go that little bit longer in the fridge than say animal products. And I would typically tell clients like, you know, three to four days is pretty good, um, to leaving sort of like animal-based meal prep in the fridge. And then after that, I'll just whack it in the freezer basically um in terms of plant-based meal prep do you tend to get a little bit longer than three or four days out of it because i've made you know tofu meals before and bean things before and i've eaten them on day five and i'm still alive although i don't <laughs> know if i'd i'd recommend that to people <laughs> necessarily yeah i'm the exact same so yeah i i normally say just sort of as a rule i'm no longer than four days um for the plant-based mm -hmm. meal preps um but uh, yeah, me too. I've, I've eaten things on day five, maybe even day six. Um, try not to, but uh, yeah, four days, I would say it's max. For insurance purposes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, um, any, I guess, hacks to make meal prep last that little bit longer, particularly with salads, because again, I get a lot of comments from people saying, you know, I tried a meal prep and my salad is, is gross on day two. Um, so a bit 
you know, obviously the obvious things like keeping dressings off your salad until the time that you eat it. Um, any other tips to make meal prepping last a bit longer, particularly if you're doing the full meal? Do you ever keep things separate? I guess that's where that buffet meal prep could come in quite helpful if you feel like your food is spoiling spoiling a little bit um, sooner and you're not kind of getting to that day three or day four. Yeah, yeah, exactly with the buffet meal prep. But yeah, I think um, whenever we can keep things separate um, to do it, like when I, even when I make my veggie burgers, making sure I'm not putting the bread or the bun in if I'm using that. Uh, with the veggie burger and I'm not sort of like assembling it um I'll normally have it in one portion of the container and then maybe if I'm having like lettuce or any kind of toppings have it in another portion so yeah keeping things separate whenever possible is probably just the biggest tip I can provide obviously yeah the the dressings keeping them separate um so yeah and, and also too just making use of items such as like chilies and casseroles that um you know, can freeze really nicely. And actually, a lot, a lot of things can freeze really well, but especially those kinds of things, soups, etc. Um, you know, just to kind of, um, you know, because uh, sometimes on day four, like the chili tastes even better, just as the flavors sort of meld together. So yeah, that's mm. what I would say. Awesome. Now, I would love to pick your brains about things like plant-based alternatives, because as I imagine around the world, it's becoming, um, you know, going vegan or choosing plant-based options is becoming very popular. But what I've noticed in the supermarkets recently in Australia, probably this year alone, there's a lot of plant-based alternatives, which wouldn't ne- you wouldn't necessarily call them healthy. Yes, they're vegan, but I wouldn't call them healthy. Things like, for example, um, if you've got vegan calamari or you've got vegan hot dogs and you've got vegan bacon. And to me, I look at that product and I'm like, I don't even know what's in that. And and I think people naturally assume because it's plant-based or because it's vegan, it's going to be better for you. And it might be like a battered vegan fish. And I'm like, well, that's not fish in there. I'm not quite sure what that is. Yeah. So I guess, are you someone who recommends predominantly a whole food vegan diet or um, do some of your clients, do they use some of these I guess for lack of a better word, like fake meat substitutes. I'm sure that you probably have a lot of those in your supermarket where you are as well. And I find that a lot of people for convenience will go and grab them, not realizing that they're not actually a healthier alternative to something that might be just like, um, you know, tin tuna. I guess if you were okay with eating animal products could be a convenient, easy option versus grabbing something that would be labeled plant-based, but is just full of artificial I don't even really know what's in there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a lot to say about that. So I think um, one of the things you mentioned is sort of that health halo effect that like, you know, because this is advertised as plant-based or vegan or whatever it's advertised as, uh, mm. we tend to just overestimate how healthy it is. And we, you know, then that causes us, oh my gosh, okay, this is vegan. You know, I'm going to grab this, but you know, the tofu over there is also vegan and the beans over there is also vegan, right? So it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a it's a great marketing tactic, but um, yeah, so that'll get a lot of us a few years ago it was gluten-free you know whenever we've seen gluten-free or even organic right it's just sort of we overestimate how healthy that product is but uh yeah I think a rule of thumb yeah going for sort of the whole food uh, plant-based diet or even um you know sort of saying minimally processed um foods Mm -hmm. as well you know like the the chickpea pasta the lentil pasta that I mentioned you know I think that's a very healthy food to have in your diet and still yes it is processed but um I would say sort of to a minimal degree but you know, with the, at the same time, you know, so obviously sort of keeping those kind of vegan substitutes or plant-based substitutes to a minimum. I also think it's great that people following a a plant-based diet, you know, they have more options when let's say, you know, they go to a fast food restaurant or, um, you know, if they're getting takeout, you know, because before, and I've been plant-based for about 10 years, I can tell you like the only plant-based options were really like maybe like a pasta dish or um, salad. Not that there's anything Mm -hmm. wrong with pasta or salad, but there just wasn't that great protein alternative. So I think it's, Mm -hmm. it's great that, 
you know, that's there for special occasions, but I definitely wouldn't make that a staple um, part of your diet. Um, and just one more point about that too. Um, they can be good sort of transition foods. If someone's interested in plant-based eating, um, you know, maybe they're, they're not used to beans. Um, maybe they're not used to tofu. I think actually a lot of people probably aren't used to those things if they haven't sort of done a lot of plant-based eating. These can be good sort of like transition um, foods to a plant-based diet because at least you're getting your protein there. You're probably getting some iron, some B12 as well. Um, and we know how to eat a burger. Like, you know, that looks familiar to us. So, <laughs> you know, I think they can have their place as we learn more about a plant-based diet. Yeah, wonderful. Love that. Um, and then when it comes to vegan eating, I guess my next question for you was going to be, what are your top tips to turning a meat-based recipe into a plant-based one? Because again, variety is so important and you'll see people get really motivated. They start meal prepping, but then they have like five or six recipes in their in their repertoire and they get bored and they're like, I feel like I'm eating the same thing every day. And I say to people, well, just like there are millions of free recipes on Google. Like you literally just Google them. There are the millions of them. But people, I guess, struggle with turning them into healthier alternatives or turning them into, you know, a little bit more plant-based alternatives. So what would be your tips for turning more meat animal-based recipes into more plant-based ones without having to always just substitute with like, you know, a vegan hot dog or a vegan patty <laughs> and using some more of those whole food options? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it can be overwhelming. Let's say you have a household and, um, you know, I've, I've encountered situations where, you know, maybe the daughter wants to be vegan and plant-based and it's sort of, it can be daunting for that family because not everyone's interested in transitioning to plant-based, but how do we still make mm -hmm. a family meal um, that everyone's going to eat without, you know, being a short order cook and having, you know, a few different options that, that's on the table. That's not a sustainable way of um, creating meals, but um, yeah, I think just like the big thing is focusing on that plant-based protein because really on a plant-based diet, you know, you can have the veggies, you can likely have the starch, you know, it's really just the protein that has to be substituted. So just learning about the versatility of plant-based proteins is sort of a good place to start. So learning about tofu, how can tofu be manipulated into something that's really delicious? Like one of my favorite tofu recipes is a tofu parmesan and you cannot even tell that it's tofu there. And, you know, that can be something sustainable for that family that has the, the vegan daughter, let's say, um, you know, we have some chicken parmesan, but then we also have a tofu par parmesan and, you know, the textures are actually, they can be really similar, etc. So learning how to be versatile um, with plant-based proteins and what they can be turned into and, you know, things like beans. I mean, beans don't just have to be taken out of the can and poured on your plate. Um, they can be manipulated into something like falafels and, you know, veggie burgers and stuff like that. So sort of, um, I would say kind of getting your hands dirty in the kitchen and sort of learning how um, these plant-based proteins can be turned into something, um, you know, really awesome. Mm, and definitely following your Instagram account as well, because you've got <laughs> lots and lots of delicious meal inspiration in your account as well. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Leanne. <laughs> And I think it's a good, I guess, point for our listeners at home because I'm sure there are there are some mums listening who or dads as well who have daughters and sons who who have decided that they want to be plant based. Um, so I think it's a good time to mention also linking in with a local dietitian as well, particularly one who has an interest or is themselves plant based to really make sure that your your children and your young ones are getting the required um, amounts of nutrients and that sort of thing, particularly because they are still growing. So it is really important to link in with a we call them accredited practicing dietitians in Australia or RDs in. Um, America, Canada, and most of the rest of the world as well. Exactly. <laughs> We're just quite different over here. That's funny. Yes, exactly. 
Now, finally, I'd love for you to tell our listeners about the plant-based ebook um, on your website because there's a ton of delicious recipes in that as well. And you really do focus on how to turn not just um, delicious and healthy plant-based meals, but how to turn that sort of into meal prepping as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. So it's um, I, I've wanted to create sort of like a resource guide for a while. And um, yeah, so with um, with uh, my ebook, so the plant-based uh, meal prep master plan, I sort of, I take some time to talk about how to get started with meal prepping because again, like we've we've already talked about that it can be daunting to get started for beginners. And, you know, there's a lot of factors to kind of take into account, you know, um, do I want to create these full meals at a time? Do I want to do the buffet style? You know, what equipment do I need? I sort of have some pages on, you know, what equipment um, you need to get started or even what pantry staples, et cetera, are. So, um, so there's a bit of that. And then um, it does have eight weeks of plant-based meal plans. So, um, you know, four of them are sort of for people who might be wanting a bit of a calorie deficit, people who are looking to decrease their rate, uh, their weight, or even someone who just has lower calorie needs. And then four of them are a little bit um, higher around sort of the 2000 calorie mark um, for people maybe who want to maintain their their weight or, um, you know, maybe it's a male who's wanting a, a slight decrease in his weight, but he's quite physically active. So yeah, it's, it's sort of two, uh, sorry, four weeks of meal plans that are at these different calorie levels. And um, each week has a grocery list, um, a nutritional analysis attached to it. So it's sort of a really good place to start with meal prepping, especially if you're trying to eat a little bit more plant-based. Awesome. And I love that you've actually included the nutrition analysis in there, not because I'm a fan of calorie counting, but I imagine that if you're trying to meal prep and you've got kids and you've got a really active partner, or if you're super active and your partner's not, then it, it, you know, people shouldn't eat the same food just because they belong under the same household. So I love that you've sort of listed the nutrition analysis so we can kind of decide, or, you know, my son's growing and he does a ton of sport. He might need a bit more than my daughter who's five years younger and really doesn't do any exercise at the moment or versus like husband and wife, same thing. So I think that's really important to understand what sort of the energy density of is the meal. And then you can add some small things to that meal, add an extra couple of snacks throughout the day if somebody has higher requirements or lower requirements. So I like that you you did do the nutrition analysis as well. Yeah, thanks, Leanne. Yeah, I thought that was important, right? Um, You know, because yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. there's going to be sort of different requirements within the household. So we have to split it up. Definitely. And where can our listeners, Um, I'll definitely link that in the show notes for anybody listening, but where can they go um, to to purchase that or to find that as well because it's a very reasonable price as well I must say for the resource that you have created <laughs> oh thank you yeah so I just have a link in my bio um, so you can just go to my Instagram profile um, so Nicole Singa underscore RD and um, you can just click that link um, I also have it listed on my website as well um, or you can just shoot me an email and I'll just I'll send you the link if you can't find it <laughs> sure and for our listeners at home where can they find your website and um, your email as well yeah so it's NicoleSinga.com so um, and then my email is just NicoleSinga at gmail.com um, yeah and I'm happy to provide you know I have some free resources on my website as well I have a free um, sample one week meal plan to kind of check out um, and yeah just some you know awesome information that um, you know sort of revolves around the concepts of plant-based eating and meal prepping and meal planning. Wonderful. And so definitely do go and please check out Nicole's Instagram because it is full of like, you just find yourself scrolling for like an hour and be like, how did I even get here? Because you don't want to leave because it's so amazing. Your your meal prep, the food just looks incredible. <laughs> Aw, thank you so much. It's all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and for telling our listeners all about meal prepping. I'm sure that you've got some people super inspired and motivated to go and get really creative in the kitchen. And please guys do reach out to Nicole if you have any more questions or about anything that we've um, discussed on the podcast and definitely throw her a follow on Instagram as well. But thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Liam. This has been awesome. And guys, we will catch you in the next podcast next week.